Hey, it's good to be back with another podcast uh, from The Art of Relationships. Tim, uh, one of the things that we should talk about uh, that seems to have an impact on relationships over time uh, that maybe we talk more negatively than positively, and that's the role of social media mm-hmm. uh, being connected um, and its impact on relationships. What do you think? You talk about well, you know, it's funny, Chris. I did a search you know, in preparation for this, and it was running, I'd say, five to one negative to positive. Oh. You could find positive about positive things about social media and relationships and marriage, but without a doubt, it was five to one negative, like how social media hurts a marriage, how social media, blah, 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 and things like that. So it's definitely skewed a little bit. That's why we kind of thought we'd take this tact. What's the blah, 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 real quickly? Well, People yeah. disconnect. Yeah, it disconnect. It makes you a poor listener. You're not attentive anymore. Wait, um, could you repeat those? I, I really wasn't paying attention. I was looking at, <laughs> oh, I got a text. Oh. Um, <laughs> So those kind of things are there. And again, we don't want to deny those. We've actually talked about those in previous podcasts. We thought, though, we'd take a little bit of a different perspective and that we would just quickly take a look at, hey, but there are some positive things about social media that can help us as individuals as well as help our relationships and marriages. Um, You know, there's so much out there when it comes to the you know, the blah, blah, the the negative impacts, right? Uh, I, I know this might date it a little bit, but recently in the social media world and in the, you know, I guess in the news world, there was um, a report, I guess, listening to Kanye West talking about, hey, people are really feeling a lot of pressure mm. in social media to get likes. And we ought to remove the like button. Oh, isn't that interesting? And the number of followers from it because one of the problems, Tim, is it seems like people are putting a lot of stress, effort, energy, and emotional, I guess, feelings toward how many people liked what I just posted. Did anybody see it? And when I get a certain number, it makes me feel better, but on the, you know, opposite, of course, it makes me feel bad when nobody likes my post. So I think that's kind of coming out there as one of the negatives, right? That maybe we owe, we do some things that we could easily fix mm-hmm. and there might be some, you know, momentum building to remove some of the metrics that show number of followers, number of likes. and Yeah, two quick thoughts. One, I love that you quoted Kanye West. <laughs> My my view of you as being hip, cool, relevant just went up a ton. So hey, go. kudos to you. I think uh, I think Tupac would be proud. Um, second, uh, yeah, you know, I, I've gotten on social media, Chris. Uh, my, I, I'm an author. Some of you know that. And my author, uh, my publisher said, would you create an author page for Facebook? So I did that. And let me say, immediately I saw the good and the bad of right. social media. It, it yeah. reminds me of Neil Postman. Uh, quote, Postman was this interesting writer in the 1960s who kind of knew this was all coming down the pike. He wrote a great book called Amusing Ourselves to Death, speaking mostly about television. This was pre-social media. Then he wrote a wonderful book called Technopoly. And in it, he said, every technology is both a burden and a blessing. Not either or, but this and that. So when I went on um, social media, Facebook, um, the good was, Chris, it, it, it's really amazing that it connects you to a ton of people. Oh, yeah. I mean, people I had not spoken to since college, mm-hmm. which I think is really cool. Here's the bad. When they do contact you and you click on their um, the icon, you go to their Facebook page. And there, it is the greatest hits. It is the greatest things that have happened to me. There's no bad days. There's no bad photographs. You would think that everybody's lives are just 
tip-top shape. And it's easy for you to look at your life and say, well, certainly mine isn't as consistently great as what I'm seeing. So that's what we're dealing with in this podcast. Chris is what is what uh, Neil Postman said. It's a burden and a blessing, probably at the exact same time. Yeah, and not, not we want to talk about the positives. There, just one more point too about that, Tim, on the negatives. There are interesting problems from my field of social psychology when it comes to social media. I think these need to be talked about more. But one of them is this a bias that we have in the way we think. In that, once we're exposed to something, some idea we tend to believe the likelihood of that event uh, and it happening to us. So, for example, it's so easy for some event to happen in some faraway corner or some place. Let's say it's a negative event. Somebody gets beat up or hurt by a stranger. Right. We are now more likely to believe ourselves, because we've just seen it, that we have a greater likelihood of being hurt oh, by okay. a stranger, right? So people that uh, well, you'll ask them, where are you more, uh, what are you afraid of? Many people will say, oh, for example, flying. Why? It's because the likelihood of me, you know, I've seen that plane crash and I just fear flying. Mm. Well, that fear can be sometimes biased in that you're more likely to die on the way to the airport in your car. <laughs> Odds are, right? More people die in car crashes every single day than die in the plane crash that would happen that particular year. But there's so all of these tendencies are I see something on social media and I'm more likely to believe it can happen to me. And so my I increase the number of odds that I believe may befall me. I may get attacked by a stranger. You know, this event that happened with this particular thing, natural event, could very likely happen to me. And so that that's I guess one of the ways that being connected, being aware, can actually lead to some biases that I that that That's if good. people have to be very cautious of. So when the kids were young. Um, there was a show on. I know there's a popular show today called 911, a drama. But this was a half hour show that was mm-hmm. actual 911 calls. Mm-hmm. So I would listen to it, and Chris Noreen, my wife, forbid me to listen to it because <laughs> you, you listen to a 911. My child is choking on peanuts. I'm like Noreen, no more peanuts. Get the peanuts out of the house. Another one was um, the the puppy scratched this kid's cornea and he's blind. Noreen! (laughs) Get the puppy out. Get the puppy out. Right. So Noreen was like, honey, chill. But that's exactly what you're talking about. You hear about all these one in a million yeah. things yeah. and you're like suddenly i think this is could possibly happen yeah. and it we, we call it, it, it this uh, heuristic uh, what's called the availability heuristic which just simply means that i pull in these things that make sense to me based upon their availability to my mind to my thoughts and can i see a picture or a story and what's happening for you is you're seeing these stories yep. and they're immediately there when in reality those odds are so great. So that, there are some negatives that can easily come into play. So let's talk specifically. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. I, know, I was going to say in Com Theory, we call that the puppy scratched my eye out <laughs> methodology. <laughs> We're just a little bit more simpler in our <laughs> terms. Right. So we simply now know there's some positives to what this ability is to stay connected. Tim, when you see people talking on phones, texting all the time, um, a lot of people think, oh my gosh, look, they're disconnecting from others. But in reality, what they're doing is they're connecting to the people that they want to be connected with. Maybe they're riding on a bus, a train, a car, a plane, and they're staying in contact with people that they actually want to stay in contact rather than with people around them. 
it has good and bad sides to it. Oh, absolutely. But it doesn't mean they're disengaged. That's right. And I would say we have different levels of communication. One is emphatic communication. This is the big dramatic type of communication that we have. But there's also something called phatic, which mm. is these um, little snippets of conversation that you have with throughout a day. We actually know from calm theory um, is that it's the small conversations that set the table for the big conversations. So let me say this, and you know my phone, Chris, you laugh at my phone. You openly mock my phone. I'm a technological leper. I have a flip phone, uh, and but I can text with it. So I would argue that with my kids, my connectiveness with my kids actually improved through texting. Because now I, I just send them quick little silly things or ask them how they're doing, I'm praying for your test. Mm-hmm. I now have two kids in grad school. We still text and we keep in touch. So that texting can, I would agree that'd be really hard to have an in-depth, let's Mm -hmm. really talk about something that's bothering you conversation via texting. Mm -hmm. But I think the small little text and the connectivity really does set up for big conversations. So I love texting my kids and my wife with silly jokes and things. Sometimes I just text them, K. Let's say K. And they go, dad, you're not hip. I go, K, right? Kind of a thing like that. So I think that's great. You know, it's very interesting. Technology is now kind of getting to a point where screens are bendable. And guess what's making a comeback? Flip phones. They are now believing that these bendable screens are now going to bring back these flip phones in, a, in such a way. So actually, you're maybe staying ahead of the curve with this. I'm like thing. Kanye West. <laughs> I am the Kanye West of so podcasting. Fun. I am hip, okay, so cool, let's talk. and relevant. So there are some ways then, and these positive roles that uh, social media can play in, in relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so there are some really good things out there to be thinking about. So what advice would you give uh, if it, you know, as we talk about this when it comes to relationships and the use of things like social media? Uh, what do you sense? Well, so let me say this about Facebook. So I, Facebook, and, and now listen, I get why it's addictive. Mm-hmm. I mean, you start to click on these different icons, you're catching up on people you have not seen since mm-hmm. high school, college. Well, that could be very isolating for Noreen, who's not on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I bring her into my world. Mm-hmm. I say to her, oh, honey, come here. This is Robin and Jim. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my car was broken down one time mm-hmm. uh, on the streets of Detroit, and I called uh, the husband at like three in the morning, and mm-hmm. he came and brought an alternator and swapped it out and got me back home. So to bring her in on it, right, mm-hmm. where this could be really isolating, mm-hmm. but to say to Noreen, oh, come here, you got to let me introduce you to this family. You're, mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff is, so make them a part of it, not okay. just an isolating factor where I'm on my laptop, Noreen's on her laptop, and we never really talk to each other. Yeah, so then what can very well be uh, uh, one of the negatives is this isolating uh, possibility. That is, in order for me to concentrate on something, uh, human brains are really designed in relationships, but in general, I guess you can say, better yet, we're designed to pay attention to a couple of things. I can think two thoughts, you know, as they're sitting here talking, I might be processing what I might be doing later tonight, or there could be other th- other things going what? on. But at the same time... With the Kanye West of what? podcasting, your mind is wandering? One problem is that our brains are also designed to only pick up and remember one of those tracks. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore... 
therefore, we tend to focus that which we pay, are paying attention to tends to go into our memories, right? Mm. The reason social media can be isolating or problematic is that it draws me away from an interaction with somebody. And what you're kind of pointing to is, no, make this an opportunity to bring in the other person to show yeah. and to share with them if you're on this one particular you know, Facebook page and liking, it's kind of a great way to enhance. So there are others. Go ahead. Yeah. Another one would be, it's really a cool, like we've talked about in previous podcasts, it's just really important to praise people publicly. Uh, it's a good right? one. Yeah. So this one, yeah. uh, I like, uh, both, I have two kids in grad school, right? One's a physical, studying to be a physical therapist, one's in law school. But when they announced where they were going, I, I posted it on my Facebook page and just praised them, saying, mm -hmm. hey, it's so cool to see their dedication uh, to get into these schools. I know it's going to be tough sledding, but both of them are great. It, it, uh, Noreen just had a birthday. So you know, just posting that and saying, hey, let me add my voice to the uh, plethora of other voices praising Noreen Milhoff. And let me, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And then show it to your spouse or they, they get it in their Facebook feed. I think, Tim... Uh it could bring up one way in which uh, this could actually be such a, a reinforcing or positive, I guess, relational um, effort to bring in the purposeful praising of or lifting up and encouraging somebody else, Absolutely. right? And so for some people, doing that face-to-face -face may be kind of difficult. Like it's sometimes hard to be able to praise somebody and, hey, I heard this great news about you and and I want you to, this guy made this comment and he really thought highly of you and I just wanted to share that with you. That's sometimes hard for people to do right. that face-to-face. -face. And this could be, so is a great way to free a person up who might maybe be a little bit intimidated or shy or not be able to say, but really wants to share it. What a great way to encourage, lift up somebody. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be either or. Mm -hmm. Do both. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. do both, right? And yeah. when, I think when you show your spouse your Facebook post, yeah. Say, hey, you happen to be the subject of today's, and they're like, what? Uh, and yeah. show it to them. You're doing that both yeah. privately and publicly. Yeah. Tim, I think another benefit that oftentimes gets overlooked is, frankly, when we're in a room together, it's easy for some people to kind of dominate the conversation, to be a little bit able to share stories and jokes and laugh and have fun. And, and there are other people who just simply mm -hmm. are not comfortable mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. that. Social media is a way for them to feel liberated. Yeah. To They're not the most outgoing. They're a little bit shy in the room. But when they can get online, they can do that same kind of thing and kind of almost find it like, oh, this is easier. And it's still good. And We're learning this about online education. Yeah. Is that some, I have some students, you know yeah. this, Chris, you have some students in your class who never say anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is crickets. And then you get some students who raise their hand every, yeah. you know, every single yeah. time. But when I've, you know, online education has shown us that there's some students who would excel yeah. Yeah. in a chat room. Yeah. They would excel if they just have the un uninterrupted uh, space mm -hmm. to get their thoughts out there. So you, you mentioned this once before, Chris, maybe you can um, uh -huh. 
reiterate this, but you were talking one time about a couple that I think they were struggling about something and he was particularly struggling to yeah. get his thoughts out. And yeah. then you suggested they actually write each other emails. Yeah. I, uh-huh. That's right. Yeah. Well, what happened was they uh, simply, he would feel overwhelmed when his spouse would bring up uh, these issues that she wanted to talk about. And man, she could just, as a processor, an external processor, she could just list them, man. There's a, you know, a bunch. And the only thing he began to feel was flooded, physiologically sure. overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, I can barely answer number one and you're on number eight. So we recommended that they take some time and write it down. And it really worked out well, Tim, because here's what he did. He was able, she agreed, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my top two. You get three or four days. And then when we go out on Friday, you have to be ready to talk at least about one or two. And he's like, three or four days, I can do that. Mm. And so their date nights, their times away were much freer of the pressure to deal with all the issues. And she felt like some of those actually fell off the list in the three or four days. They were no longer as important. And the one or two that they talked about were really satisfying. So that's a great way to do it. We used to do that with letter writing. Yeah. I mean, things have been so picked up yeah. today, but there was a time you just thought about a letter. Yeah. It might take a, a week to write a letter yeah. and then you send it off. Yeah. I do think we've seen some of the negatives of just quick reaction time. Yeah. Like sometimes uh, we've all done a tweet or an email. We hit send and thought, oh, I shouldn't yeah. have responded when I was yeah. this upset. Yeah. So uh, that's a negative about it. But if you say, I'm not going to send this email, yeah. I'm purposely not going to send it for three days. Yeah. It's okay to write it in the heat of the moment yeah. and then revise it, edit. Oh, Tim, how often do we write that email? <laughs> oh, my and word. And that next night you're going, next day, oh, my gosh, I'm oh. so thankful I didn't send this thing. That happened to me recently. It complete, The next email I went was the complete opposite tact. Rewrote it. I felt better uh, afterwards, and I was just so grateful not to have sent that thing. So sometimes there could be a positive in that it really yeah. does bring out some things in you. How about this one, Tim, as a oh, positive? Hang on, I got oh, a yeah, funny go story about okay, that. I got to yeah. tell you the story. <laughs> so I was upset about something. You know, you just do. You get upset. And I, I crafted an email. And I, again, I thought, I'm not overreacting. I'm, I'm right. I'm just, but I crafted it. And then hit send. And then Noreen came home that night. I'll never forget this. And I sat down with her and said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna to respond to, uh, and I read her the email. First words out of her mouth were, well, let's not send that. Let, I was like, I, uh, I, already did. I already did. She goes, well, let's craft the second one, the follow-up. <laughs> <laughs> the apology. Because we're not good. Yeah. We're not good yeah. self-critics. Yeah, I, Chris, honestly, I thought it was balanced. Yeah. I thought it was fine. And Noreen listened to it and said, oh, honey, the tone of that is, I think that's over the top. So yeah, again, um, good to write it. Yeah. Uh, I love how the couple used it. Yeah. Utilizing that way, I think makes yeah. a ton of sense. Just man, Time is on your side. Yeah. A word spoken in the right circumstances, yeah. says the book of Proverbs. Yeah, no, that's good. You know, there's uh, a lot of, a couple of other things. I, I'm impressed with the ability now for people uh, Tim, um, to now start to connect with people that they are no longer limited to geographical proximity, That's right? Cool. There, we used to be whoever was in my neighborhood or in my little town, and I, I would go to school with. Well, those are the people then that I would connect with, and some of them may have very different interests than me, or I may have this excitement about some thing, interest, whatever, and I can find no one around. Well, now. It feels as if geography does not prevent me from connecting with somebody who has the same passion about 
this book or about reading or about whatever the topic may be. And we can now find that based upon the way we can use media. And our podcast is evidence of this. Our podcast is in 69 countries. Well, there's no way you and I can fly to 69 (laughs) countries. So that's what's cool. And by the way, uh, a total aside is we see politically that people who tend to live in very difficult regimes, right? You can't shut down the internet. Countries Mm. have tried. But by and large, it's wonderful to see people be able to protest and voice their opinion via the internet when they live in cultures and societies that there's just no way Mm. they're going to do that in person in a public situation. Hey, let me throw out one other one. I think this is great. Um, You can build community Mm -hmm. online around a very, very specific topic. Like, for instance, I'm a migraine sufferer. I've mentioned this before. Um, it, it's good to go online and, and join a community yeah. of yeah. people who are migraine sufferers yeah. and, and that you just speak the same language. We, we had a son who had um, a very weird knee situation happened with a piece of bone broke off his knee. And don't you know, there was a support group for it. Mm-hmm. So I love the fact, again, we know that Christians are supposed to live in community. We know that that's true. Uh, so if you can find a community online that's very tailor-made mm-hmm to the things that you're struggling with. Mm -hmm. And man, that's a great way to fight isolation is to find a group of people online. And again, of course, it's not either or. It means you don't find your group at church as well, but you can find very specific um, communities that you can be a sounding board. Yeah. Well, Tim, as we then think about this as specifically towards relationships, I think what we're saying is, um, man, with the proper boundaries in place, like anything else, with the po- proper ways in which we define, um, you know, appropriate use and time and, you know, disconnecting, that really, in some respects, relationships uh, seem to uh, be in a place where they can thrive. Yeah. If, if And again, it's like anything else. It's any other tool. In the 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you know, when you'd walk into a room and there are a bunch of people in there, what was the main uh, killer of kind of conversation? It was the television. If you right. walk in the home and the TV's on... And then it's just going to stop a lot of conversations. And in restaurants to this day, if you go in and there's a sports t- you know, TV up there, you're rarely going to see people talking. <laughs> they're watching. And right. it, social media is just the same thing. It's used in the proper way, in the proper context, right? And so there's other ways in which relationships grow and value primarily when we're able to kind of set up the right parameters of when this works. So I think of like teens and if you have children right. using technology to set up rules and times, but not have to run from it, uh, there's so many ways in which connections can happen. And you know, we've talked about this, I think, briefly in the past. It'd be fun to do a whole podcast on technological fast. Yeah, just a, a regular time where you just sort yeah. of kind of disconnect. There's a wonderful article we should make part of that podcast called "Is Google Making Us Stupid?" by yeah. Nicholas Carr. Right. I bet you we could do a whole yeah. podcast, Chris, on technological fast and Nicholas Carr's insights into how social media kind of changes us for the good and for the bad. But yeah, we're talking moderation. That's what you're saying. Word we don't like to hear very often is excess about anything is just way too much. Let's have moderation. And if we do that with social media, I think social media is a great gift. A lot of positive qualities that can actually enhance our relationship, but when done in the right setting with moderation. Yeah, and so advice that we would give out then, Tim, just as we get ready here to kind of conclude this idea that 
relationships in general seem to have been strengthened or at least uh, not negatively impacted by this use of social media. In fact, there are so many ways that we can begin to get to know another person, e- even in ways for that shyer person or that quieter person or the person that we could begin to praise and lift them up and even stay connected more often and more frequently yeah. with some of the things we gave. And these are all ways in which... Um, we have found the benefit of doing this, even being able to communicate more accurately with the spouse, because you have to stop and think about it, to be able to accurately talk with the roommate as you pause and think. Yeah. And that's kind of what this is about. It allows us this opportunity to reflect a little bit um, before we kind of send things out. And if you catch yourself saying things like, well, my husband does the Facebook, but I don't, mm-hmm. that to me is a red sign. Why not uh, have your husband invite you in and why don't you ask to be invited in? Mm-hmm to that kind of stuff. I think that's important. And I would add a very simple thing like, so with your computer or your iPhone or whatever, um, your spouse should probably have the password, mm-hmm. right? You just probably have access to it. That if I want to see it, I just have the freedom. Otherwise, this can breed you know, suspicion. Like, why don't you want me to have the password mm-hmm. to your computer? What's mm-hmm. happening on that computer yeah. that you feel like you just need that kind of yeah. privacy and stuff? Like, yeah. Noreen loves the fact that she can get on my computer and she knows every code. She can go yeah. anywhere I go on the computer. I think that's kind of just good practices. And I think we've talked in here in the past too, Tim, about that's probably obviously good practice uh, with children, right? We know everything and what the sites they're on, what they're doing, and that's just good practice with children that parents will do. Now, when it comes to dating relationships, we're going to say that there's probably a boundary that you want to hold pretty strongly that the other person doesn't necess- doesn't get your passwords in a dating relationship. They don't know and can't go in and look at your texts all of the time. There are just some ways in which social media, then these are all rules that seem to kind of we talked about in the past. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of a Kanye West song, um, <laughs> Already Home, co-produced by Jay-Z. Um, just kind of makes you... Pre- <laughs> I have no idea. No, it, it, I have no it, idea what I'm talking about, no, Chris. Yeah. Well, maybe he doesn't either. So. <laughs> well, okay. Hey, it's good to talk with you about hey, this it's area. It's been great. Right. Using social media to talk about social media. <laughs>